Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Michigan Avenue Media and the World of Ink Network. This podcast was founded in 2011 by Marsha Casper Cook and Virginia Grenier. Their focus has always been on helping writers reach their dreams by having informative and entertaining shows. You will also hear the latest information on what's new and exciting in the publishing and marketing industry. And the shows will also cover discussions on screenwriting, audiobooks and movies. New to the shows will be the latest style and trends in fashion, as well as nutrition and how Pinterest can add just the right spark of attention you may need for your projects. So, sit back and relax and enjoy the show. You can find out more information about our shows and being a guest at www.michiganavenuemedia.com. Hi, everybody. It's Marsha Casper Cook, and it, um, it is Monday. <laughs> it's Tuesday. It's not. And I'm co-hosting with Scott R. Kessley. So, uh, Scott, do you want to take it away a little and tell everybody who our guest is? Hi, everybody. This is Scott R. Kaisley, and our guest today is Dr. Michelle Meek. Uh, Dr. Meek is a writer, filmmaker, and professor. Her book, Independent Filming, Female Filmmakers, A Chronicle Through Interviews, Profiles, and Manifestos, is now available. And she recently presented her TEDx talk, Why Are We Confused About Consent? Rewriting Our Stories of Seduction. She was also the founder of NewEnglandFilm.com in 1997, which is a resource for anywhere for job postings, interviews with people in the industry, and she's also um, took over the role of publisher of The Independent, and she's done a few movies, a few documentaries. So she will be with us momentarily. Okay, I will tell everybody what our shows this We have another show tomorrow, and, and I have a show next week, and they're both with Elizabeth Black. Uh Tomorrow's show is about mental illness and um, suspense, mysteries of historic times. And the film, it's a filmmaker. Um, well, it, it's going to be really good because Elizabeth uh, has met some of these guests that we always have, which is a wonderful thing. And uh, usually we have great shows. And so uh, it's also about insane asylums, and it's going to be really interesting because it's nothing we've ever done before. And then on the next week on Tuesday, it'll be Ramsey Campbell, who is one of the award-winning uh, Britain, the, one of the best authors there. And he'll be on, but that's going to be at 8.30 a.m. in Central and 9.30 because he's in the U.K., and he's really well-known in the horror world. And as you know, Elizabeth Black, when she brings us guests that are from the horror world, it's so interesting because it's so different than a lot of the other things. I usually hate to say horror films, but we'll go dark thriller. So we don't lose the audience because as soon as you say <laughs> horror, everybody says, oh, I don't want don't want to listen to that, but they're really always great guests. So those are the next two shows, and then Virginia Grenier and myself will be doing a show um, in two weeks on Monday, um, the 17th, and we will be talking about books to movies, and uh, which we know that I love that because I have books and my scripts are from my movies that uh, haven't been produced yet, but one never knows. And today we're going to talk all about that because I am a woman screenwriter. So uh, we're going to welcome our show, uh, Michelle. Hi, it's Marsha. Never met you. Hello, nice to meet you. And Scott is here with me. 
Hi, how are how you? How are you doing today, Michelle? Good. We're so glad how you came on. Thanks for having me. No problem. It's going to be glad fun. To have <laughs> we have a lot to talk about, and I first, you know, uh, I don't know if you heard what Scott said, but is there anything you'd like to talk about first? You can actually give your own bio if you want, so we don't forget anything. Sure. Um, so my name is Michelle Meek, and I'm an uh, assistant professor of communication studies at Bridgewater State University. But I'm also a writer and filmmaker and creative entrepreneur. I started uh, several companies, but NewEnglandFilm.com and The Independent are two that I'm still running. And I also um, have made a bunch of short films. My most recent one, Imagine Coal 37, is about two girls who imagine their way through an adventure playground in Germany. So it's really kind of about a documentary about free play, risky play for kids. Um, and then I recently published my book, Independent Female Filmmakers, A Chronicle Through Interviews, Profiles, and Manifestos, which is uh, a book that inter- uh, sort of a then and now with 15 legendary female filmmakers from Julie Dash to Martha Coolidge to Lisa Cholendenko and Miranda July. Um, and uh, that was a great project, one that I'm really excited about. And that's uh, a recent, you know, recently released just this, a few months ago. So uh, I hope people will read it, <laughs> buy it and read it. <laughs> well, you know, people, we, we, you know well, yeah, well, if you do screenplays, it's an, it's an interesting read because, you know, it, it's, uh, it's very in-depth and you have really mm-hmm. good interviews. So I think it's, you know, good to hear what other females say about what's going on. And, and males can listen too because it's not that easy for them either in the filmmaking business. Absolutely. Nobody has an easy time becoming a successful working filmmaker. Absolutely. I think (laughs) women and people of color have had an even more difficult time because there has been rampant discrimination in the industry that's pretty well documented. I mean, this is not my opinion. It's it's pretty (laughs) fact-based at this point, Um, (laughs) sadly. Um, But I think, you know, the the stories of of these women and what they've been able to accomplish, I think, is really significant. One of the things that I really hope that people take away from the book is that it's really it's it's not enough to think of filmmakers as important when they've created a comprehensive body of work that we can understand altogether, like Woody Allen and Quentin Tarantino and some of these types of filmmakers have done, which is great, but not always possible when you've been facing a lot of discrimination, even when you've had successful films. Um, And so it's it's really important to, to see these individual films within, you know, to see the effects that they've had on filmmaking, on the industry and on both form and, and style and storytelling in general. And they have, Um, and just because not all of them have that, cohesive body of work doesn't mean that their films are any less worth looking at. Right, exactly. Right, correct, because filmmaking is so about mindfulness at the same time, because each project you bring into a certain mindset, and the journey you go on with each film can be very different from each other. Absolutely. I mean, Pauline Kael sort of ripped apart the whole auteur theory back when it was being publicized in the U.S., because she thought, well, someone who keeps making the same kind of thematic film over and over again, isn't that just falling into your own patterns? Isn't it more interesting if you're doing something new? Um, And I think sometimes when we see groundbreaking work, it's disorienting. 
and unfamiliar. Yeah. You know, Netflix, you know, this is, I was talking to my husband the other day, and I said, you know, all the rules have really changed because when you watch Netflix, right. you know, in the series, and it's, you start out, it's really good, okay, but you do have to continue on with the series. And, you know, how everybody used to, you'd have 120 pages and it were 80, 90, whatever now. Now it's right. less than actually. But, you know, mm-hmm. in the, and you want it to be good, and but now you have all this time to make it even better. But then a lot of people, they go like, oh, I watched two of them and it's not that good. Well, they didn't finish it. <laughs> so you're supposed to right. finish it and then you go, oh, yeah, this all makes sense because everything is kind of disjointed because you're going like, well, where does that come in? And what about this? Are they mm-hmm, going to mm-hmm. – I mean, as a scriptwriter, I, I like to everything to work out at the end and everybody, you know exactly what happened when you finished. But that's not how it is anymore. So, like, the rules now are kind of like you're, guess, you're sitting there, you're guessing, well, maybe this one did that or that one did that, you know? And then right. at the end, you find out. I think but you that can't find out in television because there's more binge watching, right? It used to be yes. that you kind of needed everything mm-hmm. to be wrapped up on each episode, and yes. each episode needed to be its own distinct entity because you couldn't necessarily right. watch them in order. But now it's right. sort of assumed that you're going to sit down and watch them in order and that you might be sitting down and watching, you know, five or more of them at one time, <laughs> right? Know. So it's, yeah, a, it's yeah. a much different way of, of t- having you know, having storytelling work in, even in television. Absolutely. Yes. And it's like work. Yeah, it's, it's like, like the you police go like, okay, we're going to finish it tonight? Are we going to finish this tonight? The police procedurals used to be very standalone episodes, and now they sprinkle in right. little bits so you'll keep yeah. watching yeah. every episode back to back. Right, right. Yeah, I, I'm not a big watcher because I get too tired. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, and you can't do that. I think it's all, you know, with Orange is Black, you know, and then by the fourth season you go like, well, who cares if I see this season or not? I've seen three seasons, you know. And so I think right. sometimes that they're it's over overdue when they get a good topic and then they ruin it by making more a whole new season and you go like, this is nothing like I started watching. You know, and that's mm-hmm. what's happening. I right. Think, I do. Know. I always tell my screenwriting students when I teach screenwriting that you know people are very forgiving in the beginning when there's things yeah. that they're kind of a little bit off beat mm-hmm. or we're not sure where this is going. Like we're very patient in the beginning, and by the end, if it doesn't all come together in a way that makes sense <laughs> to us, we're just outraged. I mean, I right? So yeah. It does. <laughs> it does. It's a whole different thing at the beginning than the end. Yeah, it's like in the nineties in the independent film in the independent but, film yeah. in the nineties, it was like they wanted to everybody wanted to be a cult classic. So they would mm-hmm. insert like quirkiness. And now if you do mm-hmm. quirkiness or subversiveness, people are like, Oh, I don't want that. It's straying too far away from my formula. Yeah. Mm. You know? Well Well that goes with like well, you know, I, I still independent filmmaking that's happening yeah. that's going against all those formulas there always is I mean there's there's always going to be something that's kind of counter to what the mainstream is and and I think that the the difference is that over the years the mainstream has gotten more and more risk averse just because it's such a big business and it's so um, expensive to market big budget movies so you know you're just going to keep seeing more Marvel movies or like you, everything has to be part of like an existing brand I know that has right and that's bad that's and, not mm-hmm. that's really that's when it becomes formula and you don't get to see all the new writers look 
new writers. You know, I don't. You probably don't know this, Michelle, but I was a WG agent for 20 years, and I mm-hmm. took all new people that are screenwriters. Right. And I had such great scripts. I mean, really mm-hmm. terrific ones. Okay, and they didn't stay in the game long enough. You know, they all they right. got upset. They got rejections because in in those a couple you know those years it wasn't that long ago, like five even years ago you you could at least send things and talk to people but now it's you can't do that like you know i used to send 10 p 10 pages of everybody's script because if they didn't like the 10 they certainly aren't going to want to read the rest of it Mm -hmm. unfortunately Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. how it goes you know but and it's really you know it's changed so much but you know and but people are giving up and they're not continuing on. This is really, if you really want to do this, you just got to keep doing it. And I hopefully, um, hopefully you get better, you know, at it. And you could see why right. you weren't taken. I had to change my name to um, a man's name, which I, that's why this is very interesting. Mm. Because mm-hmm. I felt mm-hmm. like they didn't want that many female writers. And so I figured mm-hmm. if I made it a man's writer, you know, name that, and, and right. I did get options, you know, and it was pretty bad when you have to do that, you know, um, but you know, and yeah, and you know, it's, it's really bad, you know, and we so, haven't gotten very yeah. far, right? Not really, <laughs> not really. But of course, you know, as a director, and, you can't do yeah. that. You can't change yeah. your name and hope that nobody knows that you're actually female. And so no, directors are right. just, yeah, it's, they're coming up against that discrimination sort of head on. But when you it's, get, it's but, right, but then when thing. you get options, you have to say who you are because that's what happens. <laughs> I had to say who I was because you can't sign a contract right. with a name right. that I just made up out of the sky, you know. But it is, it's really difficult for filmmakers. You know, I know our audience is, you know, a lot of writers that are established. And, you know, how do you feel about with the books to movies? You know, because that's such a big, I just want your opinion Mm -hmm. on that, because that comes up almost every show. Everybody thinks their book is a movie. Mm. How do you address it in your I mean, I think there... yeah, I think, I mean, most of my students haven't written books already, so that's yep, not really right. something okay. that comes up. But mm-hmm. I, I have had students who ha- worked with someone who had written a short story, and then they wanted to adapt that. It's uh, You know, I, I think it's actually a, a great thing to do, because then you already have the story, you have the characters, you know something there is working and compelling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, but not every, you know, just, there are more books being made than movies being made. And so yeah. I yeah. do think that having a book and, having a strong audience for that book makes it more of a compelling uh, yeah. Yeah. option yeah. for a movie. But if it's a book that hasn't sold very many copies and nobody's really ever heard of, like it's, I don't know that that's any, a whole lot better than having a, a script, you know, that's, Right. Just as good as that. Yeah, book. a lot of people can't do um, both. No, you're right. They don't do both. I mean, I happen to do both, but they don't usually do both, you know. Yeah. And if you give advice to someone and say do a script, and, you know, people think a script is easier because it, it's not, you know. It, it's no. It's not easy. No, and you have to cut so much out of a book in order to, I mean, in order to add to, from a book to yes. make it a screenplay. Right. Um, it's really, and it's much more of a visual story and it does follow a structure, even in some of the most unconventional films, they're still sort yeah. of following some kind of three act structure, just at least mm-hmm. beginning, middle yeah. and end. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's interesting what you were saying about coming, uh, kind of getting discouraged. So my next project that I'm working on right now is about failure and it's, huh. you know, it's really about how, um, in our society, we're so often 
thinking that success is whatever more is. So more prestige, yeah. more money, more mm-hmm. fame, you know, and so it gets us into this trap where we're sort of always looking <laughs> forward to yeah. what's mm-hmm. next instead of realizing kind of what we have and what we'd like to do now. Um, yeah, so it's, it's sad like in- here that people want to write and then they get discouraged from it and then don't bother because they didn't reach their goal. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, but, Andy Warhol talked about the 15 minutes of fame, and now it's the 15,000 likes yeah. that people are after, <laughs> yeah. at least, you know? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so but they can feel know, validated and judge success right? that it's way. It's temporary, because even if you reach that oh, yeah, kind of leading, totally. celebrity, right, and then your next project might not be as interesting to people. I and mean, that's what happens with a lot of uh, filmmakers and writers and, yes, you know, exactly. they have something and then they're in the spotlight, they've got, got their thing. But if you don't keep cranking out projects that are right. noteworthy over and over again, it's hard to stay in that, in that realm. Yeah, you become yesterday's news really quickly. Do you have a specific genre that you like? Do you like what? Do you have a specific genre that you prefer to watch yourself? Yeah, both watch and films to watch. Yeah. Um, Well, I've made mostly short films, and I think I feel a little bit like Erica Beckman says in my book, where she says, "Someone asked her, what would you do if you had more money and more resources?" And she says, "Well, I don't know because at this point the ideas are coming up, kind of." shortened <laughs> you know <laughs> for so long being kind of uh squashed she sort of felt like mm-hmm. now her ideas are short and I think for film I've kind of I've always let I'm a can-do person to some extent and so mm-hmm. I don't I would much rather make a film that I can make without having to get a lot of outside funding than worry about yeah. getting a lot of funding for the narrative feature film that I have, which I have those projects in my, in my, you know, sort of <laughs> on my computer <laughs> ready. But, uh-huh. um, yeah, yeah. You know, we all have that hard drive, right? Make, right. Exactly. <laughs> but everybody, um, you know, I think for me, I'd rather make a documentary and I, I, a short documentary. So right now I started making a short documentary in Berlin when I was there about um, this part of the Berlin Wall that is a legal graffiti wall. And what's mm-hmm. interesting to me about it is how temporary the art is. I mean, all street art is temporary, right? It can be erased, yeah. mm-hmm. that's the idea. But this is so temporary that literally minutes after you've walked away and completed your work of art, somebody might be spraying right over it. Really? Um, oh, wow. You know, yeah, and people will spend mm-hmm. all day painting. I mean, it's quite remarkable how much effort goes into some of these works of art and then how quickly they disappear. Uh, and it mm-hmm. really is something to me about how it's, a, you know, enjoying the moment of making something and sharing it yeah. for sort of as long as, as it can be shared and then, you know, knowing that it's temporary. It's so symbolic of our culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And sad about that, you know. You know, you say short, which is interesting because you know, uh, I well, I I've taken and made some of my scripts and made them into books because, and then they turn into novellas because actually I Mm -hmm. feel like in Hollywood they don't like to read a lot. They're not reading, and I tell people this: they look at Mm -hmm. me, but they're not reading four hundred pages. I'm sorry. You know, I'd like to believe Mm -hmm. that they would, but they're not sitting down and reading four or five hundred pages of a book. It's not happening. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, they'll look at the beginning and the middle, whatever, and but they will look at a novella because novella, and I've turned into writing novellas now because. I am not as descript as other writers because I am a script writer, you know, and I mm-hmm, it took me all those mm-hmm. years to learn to edit myself out and make a, a tight right. script. 
So then when you go to write it as a book, you know, but then when I see reviews of mine, they'll go like, oh, we think this should be a movie. I'm thinking like, good, <laughs> it was a movie, you know. <laughs> and so, you know, but, and so I've learned to write shorter, you know, because I, I'm one of those people that will read over a book really fast, I'll skim, because I don't mm-hmm. want to read well, all that, the description. It, yeah, it's interesting about the whole book versus screenplay. I mean, the problem with writing, being a writer and writing screenplays is that you're, unless you're also a director and a producer who can yeah. raise money or you have someone who I can know. do that, it's, it's not a finished work. Whereas if you write a book, especially today, you can publish that book. I mean, right. you can self-publish the book. I mean, oh, yeah, so create you don't space have or whatever. Wait. Right. I mean, so if you want to write a book and you're going to put that effort in, you know that it will see the light of day. Now, you don't know how many copies it'll sell. You don't know what right, right. it'll but get. Right, right. It will see the light of day. That's what I tell people. But it exactly. will get published. Yeah. Right. It, it, it's some and satisfaction rather than in the drawer. Replay. Yeah. Yeah. It's in I the mean, drawer. So that... The, I think that's one of the reasons for me that I've gravitated more towards books um, and yeah. short making short films because I can. Yeah. It's something that I feel I'll, I have a lot. I'm kind of, you know, when I the first screenplay I ever wrote, I had somebody else directed it, and then I realized I would like to be a director too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I didn't really right. like that right. my screenplay. <laughs> this is not how well, I interpreted it at all. It, they do take it apart, you know, and and uh-huh. I used to tell them. I used to tell my clients, I used to say, look, if they take your book or they take your script, it is not going to be, you have to understand, it's not your, It's not really what you think it is. They're going to change it. No. Once you sign on right. the dotted line, and mm-hmm. and people change their mind, even when we had options. I was going like, are you kidding me? You know, and they, and I, yeah. I went over this with them and over, because that's right. what they're going to do. You know, it's yeah, just yeah, the way life yeah. goes. You know, that's why mm-hmm. directing, you're right. I, people say, who do I think is the most important person in a film? I actually think it's the director because they, if mm-hmm. you don't have a good director, I don't care how many wonderful scenes you have. If they don't know what to do with it, you're kind of like, oh, they ruined it, and they can't. Yeah, mm-hmm. coming from, like, the theater area, you know, like you rent the script, right. and the writer mm-hmm. is, is mm-hmm. the end-all, be-all, but in – right. It's a producer and director in film. It's you know, I went to see Martha Coolidge. She talks about how um, you know she she sort of sees her body of work, and some of the films she really thinks represent her work better than others. And the ones that mm-hmm. she felt represent her better than others were the ones that were less micromanaged by studios or you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and that and that was interesting to hear because you do think that the director has the final say, but ultimately there's someone financing that project. And oh, yeah. if they've you know, <laughs> yeah. if you're if, yeah. if she's done studio projects for Paramount and other companies. Right. So when she did a film for Paramount, if they if they had someone micromanaging the editing and she was saying, This doesn't make sense if you do that it, and, you know, mm-hmm. she didn't necessarily always have final say. And, yeah. and to some extent, she stands by you know, some of her independent films uh, more than some of her Hollywood films. Right, because right. Because those yeah. were the ones where she had a lot of creative control, actually, right. as a director. Right. They felt more thing. her than the, the yeah. studio. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that that's right. And that is something that people, you know, don't realize until you get involved in it that you may not have you know, and it may not be, it, you may not like what they did to it either. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, this is kind of, but you have to be, there's so many things that people really have to be aware of that they're not. 
And then, mm-hmm. you know, um, and the bad part is, you know, like for agents, I mean, you can't get agents. I became an agent because I couldn't get an agent, you know. And then I've got mm-hmm. sign- signatory with the guild, but for 20 years they never helped any of the new writers, none. Okay, none. Right. I mean, I don't take clients now. And they really could have helped all these people get scripts out there. And, you know, now I see uh, the weirdest thing is when I see a lot of the producers, naturally I'm looking at them, every movie, every TV show, and some of them I know because they were just starting out because they're now they're making, you know, productions. But, you know, and there's so many movies that they missed that they had right, right. at their fingertips, you know, and, and that's really sad that they're missing a lot of things, you know, and a lot of good, really strong scripts because they, like you said, they're taking the same people over and over again, so we're getting the same movie, and it gets boring. Yeah. So, Michelle. Yeah. Michelle, you yeah. Um, gave a lot of filmmakers a platform with NewEnglandFilm.com. How did that come mm-hmm. about? How so did you develop I, I, that? Yeah, I, I was working in... Well, I, I was wanting to make films, and I, I, this was in 1997, so it's hard to even believe that, that I started an Internet company in 1997. <laughs> but, um, it sounds really ridiculous. Um, but, you know, the, I, I wanted to know more about what was going on. I actually wanted to start a print magazine at the time because mm-hmm. I, was, I, that I had some background in that, and I kind of wanted to merge my interest of magazine writing, publishing, and film. Um, and I just, again, like as a kind of, do it DIY type person, I didn't have the funds to start a magazine and I didn't really want to have to go out and get investors or find advertisers in advance. So I just, you know, my, my husband who was my boyfriend at the time was in the internet very early. And so he said, Mm -hmm. well, why don't you start it as a website, you know, and see if people are interested and then you could change it to a magazine. And of course, then once it was a website, it was so obvious that this was much more, you know, it just was the way things were going. I mean, it was interactive. Yeah. It was yeah. more timely. Yeah. It was, um, you know, so there were so many benefits to it that I just never would have foreseen because I there were no websites like that really. So, no. um, so I, it was an I don't know exciting you... time. I feel like I've seen it now like come for full circle. It's really been interesting to see the progress of this whole industry in 20 years. Yeah. I don't know if you know you remember this or not, but that's actually how we met because. Of course. I did a film in college. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you reached out to me, and you told me about this new website you were having, NewEnglandFilm.com, and I got hooked to it right away, and I've been – I was a writer for it for a while and had used it as a resource, and I think it's incredible, and I, th- I am so indebted to you for so much has happened in my life, so – Thank you very much. That's great. I'm so glad to hear that. Thank you. I mean, there's so many people who have been positively impacted over the years by New England Film who found jobs or found their cast or crew or yeah. connected with someone as a result of it. I mean, it's it's really, it's been a transformative force in the industry, I think. You know, the hard part is how to how to make it really a flourishing business. And, yeah. you know, I think that that's a whole separate skill set (laughs) that you know not that I don't have any of it I have a lot of it but 
I've just always been more interested in like making some of the creative projects and then it's Mm -hmm. less interesting to me to figure out how it's going to all make enough money to kind of get by. Right. Well, that would be Um, be why I've been doing this for 20 years and right. Exactly. And cause, but I, but I do look at it like I know that my shows have helped a lot of people and people all, they say to me sometimes, you know, I would never have written a book. I've never written a script without you, you know, so I really like hearing, that because they probably exactly. wouldn't have because maybe they wouldn't have been like me that sat at the library for day after day after day and read books on movies and, and how to right. write a novel, how to write, do a screenplay, how to do this and that. And I did do that. That's how I learned. And I took some workshops, but that was nothing. I actually read, so I used to go and take like 20 books and sit down and just read them and learn everything right. I could. People don't do that anymore. So that's why I liked it, like even on this show, like you're here. So people that are listening, they will get something out of what you're saying. And I think that's important because who will help them if there's nobody out there? that wants to help people. I think it is. I mean, you do. You, I mean, some people are just very pushed forward by the impact that they're going to make. And I think it's important to realize that whatever impact that you're making with your work, it's significant. You know, if you're yeah. affecting yeah. Mm-hmm. 10 people, a hundred people, a hundred thousand right. people, I mean, yes, all of us could have more impact. Yes. Um, but it's just, it, you know, it doesn't mean that the impact that you're having is not, important and valid and meaningful to the people who it's impacting. And I, right. I think sometimes exactly. that's, again, where the, the, the failure and success models get us because we always are thinking, like, why aren't I like this person or that person or, you know, this writer or this filmmaker or whatever. And, and, and it's always looking outside thinking that somebody right, is, right, right. is better. That's, that's really bad. You know? It's really exactly. bad. You know, you can't really look at other people and say, I want to be just like them. You don't know any Anything mm-hmm. about them, you know? They could right. have the you don't know worst life ever. Facets of their lives. I know. Right? See, I always in my books, I have like my grandmother in my scripts. She's in my head, and she would always say to me, "Don't look at someone else and say they have a great life when you don't know about their life." Just you know, right. and, exactly. and and so I've lived my life like that. But a lot of people do look at it. I've had guests on this show, and they and they actually are very jealous of other people. And this is bad. Mm-hmm. You can't really be successful right. if you're so jealous of everybody. You know, it's, that's so it's bad. totally a waste of time and energy. It really, yeah. truly is in the biggest yeah. way because you know the gra- You might think the grass is greener, but until you're really over there, inside their head, inside their life, you really don't know what is it's like and we've had a lot of celebrities who've committed suicide these were rich and famous and successful Mm -hmm. people you know and who were who we thought who their lives were all perfect and they didn't think their lives were worth living i mean you know that is something is 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 wrong when we're aspiring to something that actually is not you know fraught with meaning and happiness yeah Yeah. Yeah. it's because so many people just see the end result and not the journey you know, yeah, and right. I think one of the yeah. things that impressed upon me about New England film was when you talk to the uh, filmmakers that were not getting the big budget, you talk to people who are getting grants to make their movies and a lot of labor of love projects. Right. Talk to a guy in Maine who did a movie about tire tracks and then the Invisible Children right. movement <laughs> and then yeah. bigger budget movies like Good Will Hunting to show the whole spectrum of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've had a kind of a mission in New England film of really – always wanting to bring people up 
always wanting to, mm-hmm. we're not doing film reviews because we did it for a little while. And then I realized I don't want to write bad reviews of movies. Like I'm not here to tear people down. They did right. their best, I know. you know, right. um, no. and then I realized, like, <laughs> let's just only promote the things that we want to promote. If we like a film, if we think it's worth talking about, let's do an interview. Let's write something yeah. up about that filmmaker. Let's do a how-to with them or something like that. Rather I agree than with you. Right. kind of Definitely. having something that's tearing people up. It's, it's, you know, I think that's really been a big part of our mission. And it's one of the reasons yeah. why we've kept everything on the site for free, you know, yeah. so that it has made it all access. And now we right. have this, we launched um, this, this year for the first time, a, a New England Film Star Award which is for a marginalized filmmaker who is living in New England, who's working on a project, um, so a director or producer or someone who's looking to get something made that they have this, you know, project underway. And they're, you know, so we're, it's free to apply. And again, we did that so that we would make it as open access as possible. And the deadline is July 15th. Um, and there's information on the website about it if anyone's interested. So, um, but they're, they're yeah, going to get I'll go on, access I'll go and, to equipment I'll put that rentals. Out. Yeah. yeah, it's New England. Equipment rentals, okay. a, a photo session for a professional photo headshot. Um, they're going to have uh, kind of uh, coaching sessions with a bunch of different people, including myself. Um, and so it's it's really going to be a, a great thing, I think, for a filmmaker to get access to a year subscription of Creative Cloud, Adobe Creative Cloud. So it's a um, and we have some great people who kind of came on board to support this, which is great. I'm excited. That's about great it. because it makes the people feel like they're more part of a community than just an individual going at it alone. Right. And exactly. So and I think you know it's been it's right. been important to me to it's support important. someone. Who is who? Who is coming up against the system and it's not working out for them? And that it's uh, not you know yeah. it could be woman, it could be a person of color, it could be it's true. Yeah, and there are a lot of people out there like that. So I'm hoping that you and know, we'll do a series of finalists so we can promote a bunch of people as finalists and promote their projects. Yeah, I think that's what people need. I mean, you know, they just need to know that there are people out there for them because it really, you know, it. No, there is no exact rule of thumb. I mean, there's so many, you know, over the years, which you mentioned, I mean, everything has changed, you know, everything. I mean, it's just so very different than even when I started in this. It was so different, you know, talking yeah. to production companies, you know, seeing what they want. And, you know, one of the that's why I mentioned that horror, because I remember years ago they go like, oh, no, don't. We don't want horror films. We don't want period piece films. And now they have <laughs> tons of horror films and tons of period right. pieces but they used to say mm-hmm. no you know and they had they had like they would take a successful movie let's say pretty woman okay for a romance we want something like pretty woman i'm going like you know what you didn't know that was going to be a success when you read it right it just, you know and they were looking for the the star there's no such thing you know sometimes mm-hmm. some small movie can make it like well Big Factory Queen, that, look at that. It came out, like, and yeah. all of a sudden it mm-hmm. was phenomenal. You know, you, nobody right. ever, I don't think you know when it's going to be, you know, you could think it's going to be good. That doesn't mean people are coming to see it. It's a hard business because, you know, oh, yeah. most films fail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> most books fail and most businesses fail. I mean, yeah. if you're really talking about a, a strong return on investment, it's a, it's a difficult business to make, yep. uh, make a return, you know, make that yep. h- hard living at. Um, right. 
Well, that's and why so people do other things. Right. It's like, what are you in it for? Are you in it to make yeah. money? Are you in it to, yeah. to enact your creative vision? Or are you in it because you have some message that you want to get across and that's really yeah. important to you, that this impact that you want to have? And I think yeah. it's really important to know why you're writing, why you're making films, because it's going to change the course that you take. And some film, yes. you can't mm-hmm. say, I want to make money, have impact, and, you know, in that kind of all at the same time. Like, yeah. that, right. So, right. So <laughs> I mean, their answer may evolve things, and change. But. Right. Absolutely. And it might yeah. be different on different projects, you know. You know, mm-hmm. and, and like they say, one is, for us, one for them. Yeah, and I don't right. think a lot of some, a, a lot of the stars, a lot of the stars might not realize how many people out there would say, "We'll take, you know, we'll take an end result, we'll take the bottom." You know, we don't care. We just want to get a movie out. So we want, you know, mm-hmm. we need the credit. So you know, it's not really a. The credit is so important because that gets you to the next place. It isn't the money. It's you know, and they could have some really great scripts for very affordable prices that they don't realize, you know, mm-hmm. and because the scriptwriter really wants their script out and it isn't about the money for a lot right. of Right. It's also, but it's about working with someone. I mean, the thing is, I think that a lot yeah. of time writers don't realize is that it's, an, it's sort of an investment and a risk in that person. Yes. You need to know yes. that that person is good to work with. You know that they have follow through. You want to know that. Yes. You know, they're going to be able to do the things that you need them to do with this project. And so it's the reason right. why within any sort of industry, people want to work with people that they know. And then if they can't do that, that they've worked with before. And then if they can't do that, they want someone who comes highly recommended from someone yes. that they trust very yes. much. Yes. <laughs> and then well, you know, right. the last resort is to get someone sort of off the street who, you know, has exactly, you know, and, and I, I think tell the people, project is less important than the person in some some yeah. regard. I'm so glad you're mm-hmm. saying that because I tell people this. See, part of the problem is, like I was mentioning to Scott before, I've, I've had a, uh, an option a few last year, and they were supposed to get back to me, okay? And uh, I don't know that they if they know I was an agent or not, but anyway, they found my script, and I think it was on there, that Simply script. So they found it there, and then I signed it for three months because I, you know, and we got mm-hmm. talked back and forth, whatever, the option. And then I have been trying ever since to reach them. And what kind of, what, how does someone do that? I mean, you know, mm-hmm. if this were my first shot at it, it would have destroyed me. But I always tell people right. it's not a movie till it's a movie. And I, I love when people go, oh, yeah, someone optioned my movie. I go, oh, great. And I don't want to be negative, but, <laughs> hey, <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. what can I say? Yeah, you know, but you got an option, you know, and now the options are for, like, no money, you know. So it's like, mm-hmm. what have they got to lose? Right. And it's like they think they're getting, they actually think they're getting their movie made. And I feel bad because I just want to explain to them it may not happen. And they actually are ready. They think it's going to roll. And, you know, as we know, right. it doesn't. It's not going to. It may never roll. And they don't. There, it's, it, there's no, like, a, what kind of a thing? Do you not talk to someone? Do you not email them back to say, no, I don't. Of course she doesn't want my film. But you, tell me. Yeah. I, Professional that's, respect. That's question, <laughs> goes a long it, way. It is, it is too bad that people operate in that way. I think yeah. the thing that writers sometimes don't realize about rejection and, and in general, this is true about rejection for a lot of industries, but yeah. you, you can't know why you're getting rejected. Um, yeah. And it, it ha- it's not always what you think, which is it's not, I'm not good enough or something right. like mm-hmm. that. Right, or yeah, my right. My project isn't good enough. 
that's not necessarily it. You know, like you were saying before, years ago, no horror, yeah. no period pieces. Well, yeah. you know, so that meant if you met, wrote a great horror piece or a great period piece, yeah. it was getting rejected just because they had decided that these genres yeah. were not a good investment. Right. Um, right. You know, and so there's, there's so many reasons. And each of these businesses that are optioning some of these projects have their own kind of, uh, you know, infrastructure and business partners and, and, yeah. and people yeah. who are making decisions and then change their mind. Right. And, you know, it, it gets complicated. And so it's, it, that's, this is why I like projects where I can take them start to finish with as few other interactions. Yeah. With other that's people. Right. <laughs> great idea. No, it is Let's a great idea. Because you don't, right. Because you yeah. know you, you're going to get it out there, but otherwise, because I know no, I will you don't know. It. And I can, right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to have to rely on so many other people, but it limits me in some extent, right? Because it, it makes it so that I really can't direct a, a feature length narrative film because I would have to really, I would have to rely on, on outside funding. I would have to rely on a lot of other kind of folks in the kitchen, yeah. as you said. And so yeah, right. yeah, and I, make I lots of concessions kind of, if you're financing it yourself. Right, right, of course. So if, maybe if yeah. I were like a, you know, trillionaire, <laughs> billionaire. But, you You're know, not? I, th- I think it would be nice. It would be nice if, writer, if everybody could work together on a project. And, and some projects, they do, because it depends who's doing the film. And when you, like you said before, some people like to work together, you know, and they do a lot of films together because you'll go, oh, he was in that film and he was in that film. Right, and, right. And then you go, that's because you know that they have solid relationships. It's not just like hi how are you and they actually work together to do it you know and right i right. think that's a good thing and you know but it's unfortunate it doesn't work like that you know and the script writers and females you're right females it's, it, i think it is tough for us you know uh it's always been you know and i, I it has like been and it's yeah it was really interesting to talk to see you know talk to all these different women filmmakers and see what the patterns were that emerged because Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I was surprised at some of the patterns that emerged. And, you know, to some extent, some of them spoke about how they just weren't prepared for when they reached a certain success and they didn't have any mentorship. You know, yeah. I mean, I always mm-hmm. say that, the, like, what, you know, Wes Anderson, when he made the short film Bottle Rocket, you know, they yeah. put him up on a studio lot for a year. He worked with his, his you know, with uh, Luke and Luke Wilson and, um Owen Wilson on the the script. Yeah. And so it took them like a year to produce the next version of the script. And then they ended up making the feature Bottle Rocket, which was a commercial and critical failure, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet they still got another chance. And I think the difference for female filmmakers were that they weren't getting they were barely getting first chance, first chances, and definitely like any slip up at all, they were not given another yeah, chance. Yeah, and, right. You know, a, a filmmaker right. like um, Maria Magenti, who made the the incredibly two girl, two story of two girls in love, which was kind mm-hmm. of a cult hit in the '90s, one mm. of the first lesbian coming of age stories, and it was Nicole Airy Parker. You know, yeah, and it was a critical and and sort of commercial success for what it was, and. And yet she had such tremendous trouble financing her next film. And, and yeah. some of it is that she wasn't prepared on how to navigate that whole system. But to be fair, like nobody scooped her up and said, don't worry that you're just like some right. naive person who doesn't know how to navigate the system. Like Wes Anderson yeah. was too, you know, and yeah. nobody put her up on a studio lot for a year and said, don't yeah. worry if your first film is a bond, we'll still fund you for yeah. the next like, one. Like she yeah. didn't get that. 
you know, and that's yeah. not fair. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, you know, and, and, and it's and the all, reason yeah. why we don't have that body of work, you know, because yeah. Yeah. people like that who had a success weren't given the, the chance to really flourish in their career in the way possibly that they could have, you know. Like yeah, years in the past, absolutely. and some of the um, Scott and I were talking about before uh, that uh, they a lot of the older movies. There's a lot of directors and producers that were females in those years, like mm-hmm. old old mm-hmm. movies. You know, when you look at old like movies, Mary Pickford like, oh, with United Artists. You look at an old well, movie. Well, there were and you tons go, oh of women God. writers years ago. A lot yeah, of them were. were written by women writers in yes. the early screenwriting yes. days, right? They were um, mm-hmm. right. And they were, you know, and, you know, they still show some of these films. They didn't always get credit. Some of the female directors sometimes didn't get credit, actually. So they're kind of starting to realize that sometimes they were collaborations and there were women filmmakers involved, but they weren't necessarily getting credited. So mm-hmm. what would you suggest for, for women? I mean, they, you know, if there's a woman that out there that's got a great script and maybe I, she may want to direct it, produce it, what, what, what do you think she should do, in your opinion, right, with her first move? Let's say I mean, I think in. that it's, I think it's getting to be a better time for women filmmakers mm-hmm. in that I think that there's, there's a little bit of a kind of correction happening in that people have been, and I think we have to keep that noise up because we're not yeah. at all close to parity. We're not. Um, you know, yeah. There was an announcement this, this year that Hollywood was hiring five times the number of female directors for their projects. Yeah. I mean, of course, that mm-hmm. only brought it up to something like 18%, so it was still vastly yeah, right. the <laughs> minority. Yeah. But that's, it sounds you know, good. Like, it sounds great. good. But we're get. I mean, that's closer. And if we keep, if we, if we keep saying there's not parity, then it will make it. You know, eventually there will be, and then we can stop talking about whether someone's a woman or a man filmmaker, which would be great. Who cares? But like, then again, you know, right yeah, now, we can just call them right, filmmakers. <laughs> but then again, yeah, there are right. a lot of female actresses that make a fortune, and they don't right. produce their own movies. And if right. they would, you know, they're always say it on the Academy Awards, they're going like, oh, yes, we're all going to be together. And that's not true because they're not all together. But if well, some that's of them. The thing. There needs to be more mentorship and kind of yes. women supporting other women. Yes, yes. And there need to be more women executives and more women, yes. you know. And, and, and I think women who are watching films need to be more kind of conscious about the choices that they're making and supporting female yeah. filmmakers and independent filmmakers. And, you know, my daughter wanted to go see Endgame and I was like, why don't we just wait till it's like on video or something? <laughs> because you know, I went, we went and saw Captain Marvel because I felt like I wanted to encourage the female yeah. superhero. But, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, put your money where your mouth is, people. You know, yeah. if you, yeah. this is a problem for you, then then think about what you're supporting, you know, because that's well, the thing. I know, it's you know, money driven industry. Right, and and yeah, but I mean, they do have the I money really to make a film. Question. They your do it like oh, look at Jane, the... look at Jane, Jane Fonda, look at Jane Fonda, and they right. are producing their series now themselves. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. With a few others. I mean, your, your I mean, question about what does a woman do in terms of making a yes. film if she's got a good yeah. script? Yeah. I would say that 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 the what this is my approach because and it's not for everyone. Okay. I would direct yeah. a short film. Because mm-hmm. I would say if in the genre or maybe a short ver- film version of your film. Yeah, um, and idea. I would, but this is the kind of person I am. So this is not yeah. an answer for everyone. But I right. would say get that done because then you can make a name for yourself and, and sort of build your career that way. And it's, I think it's just, otherwise you're really looking to navigate in that whole system. And if, if you have a, a film 
that's a feature film that you want to get picked up and, and made into mm-hmm. a movie. I mean, uh, it's just like a needle in a haystack kind yeah, of thing. I mean, right. I just, right. It's, it's right. so hard. That's what um, I tell so everybody. I feel like it's going to be demoralizing to try to, yeah. and not that you shouldn't try, but I think right. that you should try and have a plan B because the likelihood of you're trying to get that option and it made into a yeah. movie is just not the most likely scenario. So then right. what are you going to do if and when that doesn't work? And I think it's right. good to know what that is. Are you going to turn this into a novella like you said you would do? Um, that that is what I'm doing because to, I, I right. took the B option. I took B because I did a lot of A options, okay? And so yeah. I I took B and I if somebody – this way I look at it this way and I tell people this – it's better than sitting in a drawer, okay, and then no one will ever see it. This way, it's a book. People are seeing it. Exactly. You get it independent, you know, but you have to make it right. I mean, you have to get it edited. You have to do It's It's hard right. to do as a book. Right. And, no, it's you know, not actually, yeah, it's not. But if you really want to see your work out there and your stories, then you better do something because if you're going to rely on somebody picking up your script, it may never, ever happen. And right. I'm not being, so I don't I want to be like mean, to me but it's really it's about taking some control so that you don't yes. have to be yes. always at the mercy of somebody else's approval of your work. You know, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's just that, that doesn't feel good as someone who's a creative person who wants to get right. their work out there. So I think that it's important to know it's what you're going to do in that yes. situation. Yeah. 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 I think, I, I think that's important that people hear that because, you know, you, you do have to, take initiative, you know, and mm-hmm. make sure that your work, and, if you want it out there. Script. Maybe that one wasn't the one. Get other feedback right. on it. It's a good story idea for really people to do, but give up. want to hear this story? Right. Yeah. You know, certainly mm-hmm. I think that the idea of that you, you give up and you're like, I'm not going to bother bad. being a writer anymore. Then that's I mean, it, yeah. it's, it's, that's sad to me because, I mean, yeah. either you weren't really that interested in it in the first place right. or you're right. stifling an impulse that really shouldn't be stifled and kind of can't happily be stifled. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so right. if that's the case, then I feel like you really need to find an outlet for that kind of creative energy. And um, I like the way you put it. Make it a, a, instead of a, a, go to B. And I think you're right. Yeah. I think yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, the option I like works. I be pragmatic, yeah. you know. I mean, I have very, very high aspirations, and I, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm an ambitious person, and and that's why I want to write this book about failure because I think you can have high ambitions and aspirations, and at the same time realize that you're probably not going to make those, and be okay with that, you know, and 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 you're going to learn a lot from failure too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I I think think you can learn more about about failure, something more from failure than success a lot of times. (laughs) <laughs> yes, but don't you think you learn? Yeah, because I think it, I don't even consider it failure. It's just a part of learning. This is such a this is such a uh, in, and being insane a writer market. or being a creative yeah. person being a writer. is just it's it is like ninety percent failure. I mean, so just yeah. get mm-hmm. used to it. If that's not what you're going, if you're not ready for that, then you know that's, the right. just, that's the way it is. You're not. You, well, I don't know if you're cut out for it. You know, right? So uh-huh. like tomorrow, yeah. tomorrow we're having a woman on that's going to be talking about the sane asylums. Thinking like, okay, mm-hmm. this this will come into, you know, because some, you know, people, you know, people do get so worked up and they get so upset, and it's they, you really can't. You just have to be able to go on and move on, you know, and I, not get yourself you in a bad to, way. 
Right. You have to have a confidence in the work that you're producing and yeah. know why and what you want to do. And it, it, sometimes it takes many years to get to that point, you know, as a, as a writer, as a creator. I mean, I think yeah. that when I was first making films and, and writing, I kind of didn't necessarily know what my vision was. I was mm-hmm. just kind of doing it. And then at a certain yep. point, you get really sort of secure in what it is that you want to do. And that makes it so much easier because then you can get feedback and you can take in the feedback that makes yep. sense for your vision. And you can ignore the ones that don't make sense for your vision. And that, right. that then great you advice. have this yeah. like inner core that's, that's untouchable. Like I know what my work is and what it wants to say and be. And so I'm, I, but I want to hear, obviously I'm writing it for an audience, so I can't ignore that they exist. Yeah. But right. I also know that, no, that part is important to keep in because this mm-hmm. is exactly what I'm trying to say, and I'm not going to remove that part because it, it makes sense here in the way, in this whole you, – you can articulate that. It's important. Um, you know, but, but I do think, to, but I do think to getting back to your book, I wanted to say that if, if you're a man, it, this doesn't matter because you – all of this – can go revert to man, woman, it doesn't matter, you know, because mm-hmm. it's hard all around, you know, to get right. and the ad- advice of other people and what they've gone through. It's interesting to read what other people say about how they were involved. This is hard. So, but they're not, yeah. none of them are saying this is easy, like one, two, three, you know, that I just no, did see how they got surmounted some of these obstacles is quite interesting. And and it and it's also you know I think that a lot of these women have really important films that are worth watching and worth remembering, and so you know it's it's one of those things where this kind of introduces you to them and their work and makes you really want to see their films because of the way that you get introduced to them through their words. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then when you go and watch the films, it connects it and it has meaning. Um, and it also may may open up your eyes to different kinds of work to make you realize that it's not just all Marvel movies out there, you know. Yeah, you know, we saw uh, people that are making. Yeah, all we saw Rocket films, Man. You know, we saw Rocket mm-hmm. Man uh, yesterday. Yeah. and you know, and at the end, ArcLight. Well, I'm in Chicago, but in ArcLight theaters, they sometimes talk to the, the directors later and it was so interesting people every but it's amazing everybody left the show and i'm sitting there you know my husband's waiting mm. outside and i'm sitting there because it's so would interesting <laughs> but wouldn't it be right. sad wouldn't it be nice if they would have showed it at the beginning maybe to right. uh, uh, some like to a, something it. about the director to they they miss the whole mm. thing i'm thinking like yeah. Really? I mean, it was so interesting about how, you know, and the music went to how uh, he felt all the time, Elton John, you know, and it was really mm-hmm. good, you know. But, Insightful I mean, I, I and not just true. sound bites. Think, yeah, yeah, right. So you talk to the director and then you throw it at the end. Sorry. You throw it at the end of the movie <laughs> where and there's nobody in there. I mean, really nobody. Mm-hmm. Me and three other people. I wanted to say that yeah, maybe that's an interesting kids. pattern yeah. that they yeah. do it at the end. I think it's in, it's a yeah. good idea to have it at the beginning because everyone is there waiting and yeah. kind of focused. And I think yeah. um, hearing about some of the inspiration. I mean, you know, people are so obsessed with spoilers. Personally, spoilers yeah. don't bother me at all. I can enjoy mm-hmm. a movie even if I know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's because I'm looking at it from a much different angle. Yeah. I'm interested in yeah. how how it's how it, the story is told visually and 
um, you know, through the dialogue and all of that. It's not just like what happens at the end, <laughs> you know. Right. Yeah. The nuts of the project, not the end result. Right. Yeah, yeah. it matters. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm watching for everything, you know, because I'm a big dialogue person, so I like to listen mm-hmm. to the dialogue. I like the speech patterns. I listen to all of those, you know, and that to mm-hmm. me is what I love. You know, but I'm just thinking, you know, all these things could make a difference for people. You know, they want people to hear what directors say, so they just, you know, like it's at the Academy Awards, I think some of them said they put them all the way in the back. They go, oh, the writers, there they are, in the back. Yeah, mm. like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, who are these, you know, and without the writer, they don't have anything. I mean, you know, they don't have right. the project. But they, it's yeah. really a shame, you know, and it's, so I think people can read, even if it's independent filmmakers for women, it's also, it can be read by men because it's um, detailed on accounts of experiences of what, you know, mm-hmm. how it is when they're making a movie. And these are people, these are movies that people would know, you know, right. Valley Girls, yeah, I Valley think was, Girl, you know, and yeah, right, and the, and the kids are all right. right. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and these are successful women that have done good movies and that they're Mm -hmm. proud of see that's the thing what you said i like it's you know be proud of what you did and do the best you can don't just throw it out Mm -hmm. there because someone says do it fast that doesn't work right right and it will be yeah and if you want to write you should be writing and if you can't make it as a screenwriter then there are other ways to write i mean and 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 as as passionate as you might be about screenwriting specifically i mean i really do think that someone who wants to tell stories can tell stories in different media. Oh yeah. I don't think that, you know, you have to be so attached to that one specific kind of storytelling and, uh, you know, yeah, I think that, that's a really era. interesting way. Yeah, yeah. You know, honestly, you know, I mean, think, of your, even think in, of your script as a television show. You yeah. Know, is it more marketable as, as that, right? Yeah, yeah. or otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, you can always, you know, some of the words, you know, because that's with, uh, with Rocket Man, the writing of the words of a song is a lot right. of feeling, you know, and I think people, mm-hmm. you know, they need to get, if they need to write, they should write. But if you are writing for money, I just think that should be not the first thing on your mind because that is not always happening, you know. I mean, I mean the I, problem I just, is, I think, with all creative things, filmmaking, right. writing, yeah. music, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, artists, the the, yeah. the reality is that making your primary income from those kinds of creative fields is incredibly difficult, yeah. and 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 just not in, as common as we would hope it to be. And so the, there's a I think that one of the things that makes me upset is that people get discouraged out of creative fields because of that fact. So yeah, people exactly. will say, oh, don't become a photographer because you know that's so hard. So do, what else can you do? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> really, it's, Right. I hear you. Well, that's why I've done this twenty years, and I've done this right. You know, I've done it twenty years and nine years of shows because I feel like, and I still love doing shows because I always learn something, and I think that Mm -hmm. you have to keep learning because as we speak, things are changing. So it's good for people to be out there, you know, and listening to podcasts. It's very different. When we started out, they go radio shows. What what station are you on? And now you you say. Podcast, yeah, right. they go, oh, podcast, yes, you know, mm-hmm. because just because they right. change the word. But, you know, and I do think, you know, <laughs> right. um, mm-hmm. it, it is true, you know, it so is. I think that, you know, yeah, I mean, is there anything, you know, Scott, did you want to ask anything else of Michelle? Because I don't, I don't have written questions that are in my head, so I just make it up as I go. But, Scott, <laughs> do you have anything that we missed that you wanted to ask? 
I was just going to say, um, with the students in your classes, like what yeah. are they studying for uh, role models and who are they trying to emulate? Well, I mean, I think that, you know, the, the thing that one of the reasons why I took this project on with the female filmmakers mm-hmm. is because I think sometimes everyone ends up with the same kinds of role models. Like everyone wants to be Quentin Tarantino. And it's just like, how many <laughs> of those movies do we need? You know? Right. <laughs> Sorry. We sure but... had enough of them in the 90s. <laughs> no, you're, you're, you, know, you know what? You're absolutely right because that is the way it is. They go like, oh, we want, but you're, there's one Quentin Tarantino. Then we're all our own person. But, you know, right. and, but he doesn't pop them out every five minutes either. He takes a lot of time to do his movies. Right. Yeah, he's coming out this tenth and, and, th- and supposedly final. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we'll see. I'll yeah, believe he, that when I see it. But <laughs> like I said, supposedly. <laughs> I'm retired. I'm not retired. Farewell tour. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe that just means he's going to television or something like that. That's what oh, they right, usually exactly. mean when they're retiring. <laughs> but, yeah. but well, his exactly. movies are probably on Netflix. Everybody's on Netflix. <laughs> they're all on Netflix. Right. Now. Yep. You know, and I, but, you know, yeah, but I, I do think, think I think it's important to have more varied role models, and yeah. that some of the way of doing that is by seeing more varied work because, you know, mm-hmm. we can't just keep cranking out and appreciating the same types of work. It's really, right. I think, important for our minds to expand and open ourselves up to different kinds of uh, ways of seeing the world and. Um, and, and there's so much amazing work out there. I mean, one of the filmmakers in the book, Deepa Mehta, has made some of the most visually and, like, just in every way, shape, or form in terms of the story, just beautiful films. And her films need to – people need to be saying, I want to be the next <laughs> Deepa Mehta, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would like to hear more of that kind of thing. And I'm I'm kind of get – tired of hearing that someone wants to be Wes Anderson and Quentin Tarantino, you know? So yeah. I, and right. I think that the problem really is that for, for, like you said, it's not just for women filmmakers. Men should be reading this book and, and watching these films too, because the fact is that we all should have diverse role models, not just white mm-hmm. male yeah. filmmakers that we look up to. No, right. Even exactly. if you're a white male filmmaker, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or, you know, it's true, though. I mean, there are so many different types of people out there, and it's really good for, to show different cultures, and uh, it's important. So we could, that's how we learn, you know. And they're they're billion stories, not point. I mean, if it yeah. all comes down to money, then you can understand that women are half yeah. the population. We're a market. Mm-hmm. People of yeah. color are, are a market. You know, I mean, it's like they're just discovering that there's a, a kind of a Latino market to, to, I mean, Robert Rodriguez was saying this years ago, you know. Yes, mm-hmm. he's taken a long yes he did. Time. El Mariachi, 1993. <laughs> yeah, right. you know, yeah, yeah, and, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. I mean, that's what one of the things that people have to realize that, you know, it's it should be whatever you have a story, just go out and, you know, do something about it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, try to get it out there. Don't just keep it in a drawer. Go, you know, you just right. got to circulate it. Because, you know, sometimes it takes 10 years for people's scripts to get out there, you know. Right. Um, but and don't writing give is up. hard. And writing is hard because... 
invention is hard and editing is very hard. And a lot of people Mm -hmm. don't realize how much work goes into the editing of a good project. You know, sometimes people will read something I've written and they say, oh, you're such a good writer. This is so great. It sounds so conversational. I'm like, you have no idea how long it took me. Like, how long did this take you? How long did this take? Exactly. How long did this take? Because you're writing or editing in a vacuum. Yeah. I mean, you're writing and editing in a vacuum so many times. This this is a lot of work that you put into this book. So how long did that take you? It was a couple of years to to do the whole project. And I didn't write the whole thing. Right. Um, But it Mm -hmm. still was, you know, assigning different chapters and then editing those chapters, giving feedback to the writers, having them go back maybe one or more times. Um, yeah. on, and, they, you know, obviously they edited it themselves, but then I did a couple of different rounds of edit with them, and then, of course, it was copy edit, et cetera. And now with the book mm-hmm. that I'm working on now, you know, I'm sort of writing it, and I'm constantly re-editing it as I'm writing right. it. So yeah, I'm always going back mm-hmm. to, like, page one and, and reading it over and making edits and making it smoother and more polished as I'm going along. So, of course, the beginning see, I already too, sounds a I better than too. the end. <laughs> you see, I do that, too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, that is what I do. I start writing it, and then and when I get to, like, around like maybe 25 pages, 30, then I go back because I want to make sure that everything matches. And I right. want to make sure that I don't don't make anything different than how I started it with the characters. So, you you know, and it flows better. But it does take time when you do it that way. But uh, a lot of people just write it through and then go back. But this way, I feel like once I start going back, then I can move forward in a better way than I did. Right. One of my professors said it, I thought she said, one of her professors told her this, and it really stuck with me, is that, First person you have to be is sort of the crazy person who just like, like the madman who just is not caring about how this is going to sound. Like, don't worry how someone, don't imagine someone reading it really yet. Do you know what I mean? Like you just got to get something out. Um, And then, then the artist comes in and tries to like shape it sort of more artistically. And then the editor comes in and is really critical with the kind of the the polishing part. But you need all of those those things and they really can't be in the room at the same time because if right. you put the editor in the room with your, the madman like they can't work side by side right so you right. can't uh-huh. be in the invention stage while you're trying to make it sound better you know no. and that's where people no. get kind of blocked where they're staring at the page and they're because they're trying to write it perfect the first time which yeah, is yeah. almost never happens so right. you kind of have to just let it out however it's going to come out however sloppy and ugly and whatever it's going to be and then know that you're going to be able to shape it afterwards. Right. Yeah, I like to say in. you wear a lot of hats, but you always only have one head. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, that depends who's writing it. That depends who's writing it. Sometimes yeah, I'm thinking, yeah, I know. You know. Sometimes I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm writing for ten people. People say, Then I'm thinking, I, you get tired that you're going like, oh, my God, I'm tired mm-hmm. of talking for like ten people. I wish I could write a book <laughs> that just would be only a couple characters. I don't. Mm-hmm. Even in my screen, right, right. I wrote, write a lot of characters because I like that. But it's hard because you're you are thinking in other people's minds, you right, know. Right. And only other other writers know that people do. That people, regular people, they what are you talking right, about? Right, you know? right. But writers right, understand right. Michelle, each other. Mm-hmm. Um, Michelle. Yeah. About the uh, project on failure, is it going to be limited to film, or is it going to be a wide spectrum of different areas that failure will cover? No, it's going to be targeted towards creative entrepreneurs and artists, filmmakers, writers, artists, creative people, essentially, is how I'm envisioning it. So, And, okay, and entrepreneurs great. who are creative. Yes, yeah, so it's a much broader audience. 
Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Well, there, so I it's been a great said. show. Is there anything that you wanted to say, Michelle, before you know that we missed here um, that just, you might you want know, to? People can find out more about me on my website, michellemeek.com. Yes. Um, and obviously, they can go to if they're New England filmmakers or writers, they can check out newenglandfilm.com, which has tons of resources and articles, yes. how tos, things like that. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Do you mind if I mention it on other shows, or you know, when it comes up? Of or? course. Okay. Right. Yeah. Please do. In my shows, a lot of things come up. <laughs> no, I, yeah. Because I just, you know, I just go for it. You know, I, I know, I, I can go for all of this because I understand what everybody's saying because I've been there, done that, and you know, and right, it's right. hard, but that's that's the goal. The goal is to get a great project when you're finished. You know, it mm-hmm. doesn't all happen overnight. And it's not always the first one. I mean, you know, no. everybody's first film kind of sucks. Yeah. to be honest. Yeah. And so, yep. like, even if you go to look at Martin Scorsese's yeah. first film, it's like, really? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so it's, 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 it's just, it's a, you're, you are a work in progress as a, as a creator, and you have to kind of be willing to stick with it to keep making things. And but keep, young people now, they you know, have a really good time it. now. Because they have YouTube. I mean, they can get sh- small films done on a YouTube, you know, and, put it out. And not to mention, it's so much, yeah, it's so much cheaper to make things. Equipment is cheaper, yeah. you know. It's yeah. just Software, it's, it's, it's special effects. It's possible effect. to do that. Yeah, all that yeah. is. Like, it is. It is. And you, can, you know, I'm happy so when it's, people. It's a good time to be a filmmaker and creator. I, I think, think it is. You know, Definitely. so female, male, it doesn't matter. Just go out mm-hmm. and write those films. <laughs> write those films, yeah. produce them, direct them. And hopefully, you know, we'll have some better movies. And, you know, right. and I right. think I think we will. And demand you know, better the, content yourself, you know, because we're yeah. all part of the, if we're not part of the solution, <laughs> we're part well, of look the problem. Well, look at Roma. People right. ask me about Roma. Roma, they ask me about that all the time. And they say it's slow. I says, but let me just say, it may be slow, but if you're watching it, you remember every single scene where you don't remember right. that in a really right. fast movie. I mean, I, can, I will not forget some of those scenes in that movie because you can't, you know, but when you, you miss a lot if the movie's going really fast. It's, it's yeah, and all you remember you know, usually is the, the trailer moments anyway from the fast ones. Yeah. And there's so well, many right. slow movies that were so successful. And does yeah. it, like I don't think does has anyone called Forrest Gump slow? I mean, it's just you know I don't understand right. comments like that to some extent yeah. because it just seems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, you know, because it if you if it's a good movie, you just keep watching it. You know, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Slow, fast. I mean, you know, because that's what's happened. The Marvel movies and all of those, they are. Right, there's right. so much action, but that's really not everybody's explosion? film. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, jumping out of something or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and, but in reality, life are all these other films that are so good and mean so much. But. Right. You know, maybe it'll change. Hopefully, if there are more independents, it will. Yeah. And, and so on so. that note. start paying attention to that. And I'm so, Great. thank you, Scott, for being on with me as my co-host, and thank you. Absolutely. You know, this was a great, you know, honestly, this is really good. It's, it's you know, I, I want to have shows like this for the people that are out there listening, because there really isn't help out there for people to, you know, right. so they understand what's going on. You know, it's definitely, just, and then they, yeah. So this is very good, and so read the book, and I'll put. And there, it's all over the place. I have your, you know, it's on yeah. our site, and, and it's all over. Too, it's on there. Yeah. Yeah, cool. and so uh, you know, and this day, these are any of these shows are on demand, and this is all for years they stay on. 
so people will be able to listen to this anytime they want. It's not just today. Great. It's anytime. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're all, yeah, and they're on iTunes also. So this well, thank is Thank you for speaking thank with you. us today, Michelle. Thank you so much. Absolutely. It's been great. Anytime. Thanks for Such having me. Such a pleasure. Me. Okay, thank you. Bye, Scott. All right, bye. Bye-bye. Right, bye.